What's going on guys? So today we are at the Manchester meetup. We've done our very, very first meetup at Manchester. So it's always a very, very special place. We've got lots of new faces here today as well. As always, we're gonna be showing you behind the scenes of the day. Enjoy. What's going on guys welcome back to the funded trader podcast joined with me today is ibby coach i'm sure you've seen him on the channel here before and we have a very special guest with us he's a funded trader he's gonna be talking about his journey his story and how he's got in the position to being a six-figure trader tom thanks for jumping on pleasure glad, to see you glad to be here thanks for having me looking forward to the meetup tomorrow most definitely yeah it'll be my fifth meetup now so fifth meetup yeah, nice I'm starting to enjoy them <laughs> yeah i mean you've literally grown so much from i remember the very first meetup so where you are now i think this would be a great place to start those that have never heard of you if you used to spend a couple of minutes talking about your journey where you're at yeah so um i've been in falcon two years this month actually um so quick it, oh yeah so i'm obviously only 20 so i joined uh, luckily joined at a young age um it's the first place i've ever been trading again luckily um which i believe made me more moldable in that sense um, it can be a, obviously a positive and a negative especially being young um, especially like ego for a young trader I suppose but luckily uh, like I say it's the first place I've ever joined two years um, this month um, and yeah got to a level now where I'm funded had a few setbacks along the way um, but nothing that wasn't part of part of the process and part of the plan and nothing that you hadn't said to us to be totally honest things that you said would happen mm -hmm. um, and also you've said many times once you get to a certain level you won't look back and regret. So the times where maybe I've lost accounts or missed trades that would have took me to, in my head, three, four times where I'm at now, it's all part of the process. And Ibi said something to me a while ago where he said, if he would have got to the level um, he would have wanted to be earlier on, he doesn't know if it would have benefited him. I believe obviously your first investment that you had, uh, you said if you actually managed to keep that, it would have been a problem. Um, so luckily I'm blessed at a point of being two years in where I now feel like a more holistic trader especially like things like Rewired have uh, helped develop me into a more holistic trader. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a bit of a summary of where I'm at so far. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really, really great to see. I mean, a couple of years. How long have you been trading now? Seven. Seven, Seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two years is nothing, right? No. From from when you've met Tom, and you've obviously seen even more closely and more personal, you're from a, a, the same sort of area. What have you noticed? Is there anything that you've noticed from your perspective? Because, I, I mean, this is different. Normally we do podcasts one-to-one, and we're able to get their you know their journeys and their stories and what made them work but i think it's really interesting is that we get a kind of a another person's perspective yeah so you're, you're 20 years old now right yeah 20 yeah, yeah so being I, I can relate a lot because obviously being roughly around the same age i'm what three years older than you know mm. uh when i left college i had exactly the same mindset that you did mm. and that resonated straight away hence why we, we are friends as well even outside of trading uh, but the mindset difference is the fact that you just crack on with it. I know it sounds so simple to people watching, but a lot of people don't understand that mindset. What they do is they over-systemize things or they overthink things, overanalyze things. They don't look at it simply, sim simply, simply sorry, and holistically, as you said. So um, I don't know where exactly that stems from, but that's something that you've had. And I, I do believe that's a firm factor as to why you are where you are. I think that comes from a position of, and probably similar to yourself, um, probably a sport background. Something that Mark yourself has said many times, which luckily I was already kind of doing before you'd actually said it um, in a subconscious way was if someone's ahead of me, and obviously you've said many times, I mean, like the boxing example, if Mike Tyson came in the room, would you try and tell Mike Tyson how to jab? 
And obviously the answer to that is no. And it seems like a lot of the things that hold people back, maybe the fact that they are trying to kind of reinvent the wheel. And it's almost like you said in the rewired, the exact words was, if the master chef said this is how you cook the dish and you use different ingredients or you try to cook it for a certain amount of time different, would you get the same dish? And the answer to that is no. So from a sport example, obviously from a football background, if the coach who has obviously in the past maybe played at a higher level, played semi-pro, maybe some played pro, uh, played for academies, if they say, well, do it this way or do it that way, why would I do it any different? And times that I maybe I did try to do it different in the past, I'd got burned from doing that, not in trading, luckily, but maybe in football. Um, so it comes from, I suppose, that sporting background of understanding that if the master chef in your rewired example is mm -hmm. giving me the recipe, then why would I want to listen and do it any different? Sounds simple, right? And we'll dig into that point. But before we get into it, so where are you now in terms of golden number? Because I'm sure people are curious to know. Uh, capital, third party, quitting your job. Where are you at? Yeah, so um, around a month ago, actually, I made the transition to being a full-time trader. Congrats. Um, as the golden number's been hit, um, six figures has been hit. Um, I'm, I'm moving closer towards the bigger figures, but the, the good thing is the golden number's been hit. So I think that you've said previously is now starting to roll in in terms of, um, for example, being capitalized to the point where I'm not chasing trades and so on. Nice. Um, even if a three, four percent trade may settle my kind of bills for two to three months. So am I then gonna feel forced? The answer is no. Um, so yeah, I've, I've hit the point where I'm a six figure trader. The golden number's been hit, which I was very clear from the start that 100K, um, was my golden number, obviously making the self-sufficiency number then 200K, which is obviously double. Um, and luckily, I'm, I mean, I'm literally on the verge of the self-sufficiency number, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, I've hit the point where I'm at six figures, full-time trading. Um, so now in the early stages of that, learning the lessons from that, um, my own routine, um, obviously like I say, being more kind of a composed winner as you've been touching on a lot recently. So that's the stand, uh, standing point I'm at now. Yeah, that's that's so, so cool. I mean, how did it feel handing in your notice? Amazing, absolutely amazing. But it sounds cliche and I've heard it so many times in this podcast, but I'd be doing an injustice if I didn't say it, that I visualized it so many times and I'd almost felt it so many times. Literally last week, um, I mentioned to Ibi that I'm, I'm quite, I'm like 11% away from quite a substantial number because nice. I, I trade quite a few accounts uh, put together. I've, I've kind of planned it in a way where as soon as you mentioned the golden number, for me, it just in a simplistic point of view, it was like, well, if I'm trading, say, for example, two accounts, and it's not that everyone should do this, it's for different people at different stages of the journey. Um, but I know for myself, I operate um, a bit better under a bit of pressure, to be honest. So trading those two accounts, say, for example, hitting, hitting 10%, it then means I'm doubling two accounts at the same time, if that makes course, sense. Yeah. And obviously, if he asked me the question, he said, so how does it feel that you're only 10% away from a certain figure? Um, and it feels normal, which is pretty crazy to say. Obviously, I'm rewarding myself for the different parts of the journey, but it doesn't feel like anything different, probably because, again, I've rewired, I've put myself in that position so many times, being clear on what I have to do. And again, it's almost coming back to this first question. It's if I have the recipe, I know that if I stick at it long enough, it's going to work at some point anyway. We need to dig into that. I'm going to hear your perspective. Firstly, from a coach's perspective, Ibi, why do you think people can't follow instructions? Well, that's a deep question with a deep answer. Um, I, was, I would say originally it was this, this cultural thing, right? But it's not. I've, I've learned over the past, I've not been coaching long now, about a year and a half, but you, I've come across a lot of personalities. And I find it's got nothing to do with where people live, how they brought up and these kind of things. It has an element to it. But really and truly, people who've, made it simple for themselves from the get-go, having the same resources that you've got, 
and trade the same markets or the same educational resources and everything. If they've kept it simple by listening from the beginning, everything else falls into place very easily. But if they don't do that, what happens is they tend to overcomplicate things later on because they, they set off on the wrong foot, right? So when, when I joined Falcon, what was April 2018, um, we had a lot less in terms of resources. So we had to be more resourceful, right? And that was a difference. And so because of that, the ROI we got based off of content or whatever it was, was much greater. But now because we've got so much more, People are not, people have to listen more, basically. This is why we do more webinars and more things like that. So people can have the same messages drilled in as to how to use the structure correctly. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't, as there's so much, you can get overwhelmed, right? Um, you joined, what, two years ago? Two years ago. This there was year. still a, a fair amount of content available. So my question again to you as well, following on from my, my answer here, how did you become resourceful from having that much availability of content as well? So, I mean, again, it just comes from a point of just listening, I suppose. And obviously, when I, so when I joined, it was before you as a coach, you was just making the transition. I think Abdu had just become a coach and you was doing like the back testing webinars. At the time, they were called back testing webinars. And you, similar to a, um, a breakdown you've just done in Coach's Corner, you literally laid the blueprint of you've got the midweek, you've got the SMB, and you've got the trade recaps. And obviously, with the foundation series and quick tips. So from a position of what more do you need from that sense? So once you've got the foundation series, it just it just made sense to me that okay again coming to it all ties into the same point which is what you always say everything links to everything. You've then told us that you, at the time you were probably the most or up there with the most successful students in the community as you wasn't a coach yet. So you'd said to us, well, follow the foundation series, listen well, get a good base understanding of your strategy. Then obviously it comes into building the plan, and then from my understanding, I've, I've said this to so many students who have asked me, the SMB the midweek and the trade recaps, once you understand the foundation series and the quick tips, in my opinion, that's all you need because we're not giving us our signal service. We're getting the thought process. So it comes to that, like teach a man how to fish rather than giving him the fish. So in the SMB, you're not saying, well, we're going to enter EU on this 15-minute candle. You're not saying we're going to enter like pound dollar on this five-minute retreat or whatever. You're saying, this is my thought process behind it. This is why. So at the moment, you've been talking about momentum shifts and so on. Of course. So again, it just came down to listening mm. and just keeping it very simple that we've got the foundation series to understand the strategy. Then you've got the midweek and the SMB to understand how we're building the watch list week on week and understanding the flow of the markets. And then we've got the trade recaps, which again is, is another thing I don't understand that people kind of question trades and so on when you've literally got a seven-figure traders journal on the on the website, which is that's the way I looked at it. I don't know whether that was, again, something that's rooted into me that I just listen well because of sports and so on. But with the trade recaps, I mean, last year you probably took, I don't know, maybe 70 to 80 trades somewhere in that ballpark mm -hmm. of a seven-figure traders journal. So then again, why would I then think I need to go and find some sort of different way of looking at the markets when I can literally follow that blueprint in, in, a, in a sense and understand, okay, but you're taking this trade from this way. And again, I'd say it's how well built the community and the system is mm -hmm. because another thing that people don't factor in, which for any Falcon traders listening, this is one of the most useful things I've ever done. Every trade recap, and when I say this to people, like, and they do it, it kind of blows their mind a bit. You would have covered in the SMB in the midweek and they can't understand that that just keeping it so simple that you can make a couple of million this year by, and it's not easy by any sense, but it's simple that all you're really, all we're doing is on a weekend, taking your 10 to 15 hours, which you still do, saying, I'm going to be taking a trade this way to yourself and actually doing it. Like how much more complicated do you really need to keep it from that sense? So it's just kind of following that structure of linking the SMB to the midweek to the trade recap. And then say, if you took a trade in the second half of the week, well then, 
if you took a trade in February 2021, for example, I could go to the SMB or midweek from that trade recap and you would have actually forecasted that trade in advance. So again, why would I need to keep it complicated when everything is laid out in such a simplistic point of view for me? I know the answer why. I just wanted to hear it from your perspective, mm -hmm. which is his arrogance. And this is how people are. They can't follow simple direction. I do think it is a, a learnt behavior. Some people have it in their DNA. Maybe you had that already. Just You could just follow sports, follow instruction. It's why they say people in the military can do really well mm. because they're just used to just following orders. And mm. I don't mean it from like a, 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 um, a dictator point of view, but it's just it's effective. That's the whole point. Why would you not want to? Mm. It's like you tell someone the shop is just go down the road and turn left. And people will go down the road and turn right that's literally how people are in trading they just don't listen and even when you prep them for it they still don't listen mm -hmm. so it's just arrogance and I learned this from a mentor over 10 years ago now so I, I probably would have been the same so I have a little bit of compassion for people that have not got it rooted in them that they just know how to listen well so I was trained to listen well it was almost like it was quite a harsh environment to be honest but at least it taught you that if someone is further along than you they've been in the jungle, if you like. I know you've got a great analogy for that. Yeah. But if, you, if you've been there and you know the route, then your opinion doesn't matter. Mm. Like if you're not there yet, you don't have the answers. The coach has the answers or the person further along in the journey has the answers. But what we do is we try and mentor ourselves. And if you think about how illogical is that, if you already knew the answers, you would already be successful. Mm. So it's, it's so important. It's a subtle detail. But I do believe people in many different systems, they're searching for, how can I get better technically? How can I read the macro picture? Yes, psychology is vitally important, and we'll talk about that. But if you can't follow rules, and you can't follow instructions, I just look at it like that. If you can't follow something so simple as, if myself, Abdu, or Ibise, go and backtest this, this specific niche of data, it's gonna be really helpful for you, for these reasons. Mm -hmm. And it go through one or the other. I know by default, the likelihood of you sticking to a trading plan is almost zero because mm. you can't even do something that has no consequence, which is just testing, yeah. for example. So how are you then going to take that one step further and apply it in the moment? Mm. And of course, we sit in the FX Live sessions. You're there as well. I mean, me and Abdu, we have many conversations about that. We've all coached people one-to-one -one individually and we see common patterns and common traits. And if I was to say this to any trader, if you can just listen well to the people that are in front of you, then you'll do well. Like another element is trust. Mm. It's like, for example... Imagine, imagine, imagine you don't trust yourself and someone's trying to give you advice. You're not going to trust them by default because you don't trust yourself. Yeah. So you, you build trust, not with the individual. You have to build it with yourself first. So if you say, right, I'm going to do this at this time, and you decide not to do it. How can you trust other people if you don't trust yourself? Because there's like insecurities in your brain the whole time. How did you overcome that? The thing that you said about trust, I'd say the, the, the very important thing. So there's two things that I'd obviously like to touch on on that. First of all, the five daily goals, building your trust with yourself, is there any better way? Keeping the promises to yourself that you've literally written on paper, and then obviously as you've written in your book, side effects, sorry, putting your own signature. So it's like a promise to myself. So in terms of building trust, I mean, does is anyone just instantly gonna trust themselves? Maybe some people are blessed like that, but it's not as if I just came into Falcon and straight away did everything. It was more so the five daily goals. So maybe one day you do three goals out of the five, okay, well, I broke the trust in myself there. What do I need to do? So over a year, looking back at 2022, there wasn't a day, and I can say that hand on heart, and I don't need to say that to kind of make myself seem a certain way, but it's just true. Mm. I could bring my all of my journals from 2022 now, and you would see that every single day, no matter how I felt, those five daily goals were done. There'd be times where maybe I'd be, because I have family in Nottingham, and obviously I live in Manchester, mm -hmm. we'd be traveling two hours that day. 
I'd just get up two hours earlier and make sure the five daily goals were done. So again, keeping it simple, is there anything more simple than just getting a journal? You can go to Asda, spend five pound and write five daily goals and then build that trust with yourself. And can I just say as well that it also what it's taught me as well doing those goals is how quick time goes as well. In, in a good way, that is, right? So then you, you start fearing how long it's going to take because you realise a month and a quarter goes by very quickly. And I found that when people do, I answer your question as well, to, when they stop counting the years and how long it's taken them, like you know as well, because I was spoken to you about this, if I've given someone a simple protocol to follow, like a very simple, all they've got to do is just follow it. The only remaining element left is experience and time, right? Now, there's two factors here. You can build experience correctly or incorrectly. People can set off doing things the wrong way for a period of time they've got five years experience of doing it the wrong way so if they look at it oh, I've been trading for five years you see how it's a, it's a horrible term to look at but if someone's been doing it three years or two years but they've done it the correct way have you your proof of that um, then things happen a lot quicker and mm. also more efficiently to sustain that's the, that's the main thing that's the thing I find when I speak to students is that when I lay out for them and I make it clear that all you've got to do now is just trade for a period of time for them that period of time is six months but actually, no, three months, six months, nine, 12 and onwards, the market's teaching you more and more things that you need to know as long as you're building that experience correctly. To Again, to allude on to your point, Tom, I think I've mentioned uh, this to you before, Mark, when you've literally taken all of the trade recaps, all of the different, I've seen this on your laptop, accidentally actually that day, and you've taken out every single detail, but the key thing is you've taken out what needs to be taken out and you've highlighted and you've not highlighted the rest of the the actual notes. Mm -hmm. Just talk about that a minute. Yeah, so obviously that's something that I know people in the community kind of joke about how well I can remember your trades. Mm. Um, but again, from keeping it simple, the reason for that is that I've probably been, like you say, through the recaps five times maybe. Um, and I've got a document for every single trade that you've taken since the start of 2020, which was before I was in Falcon. Mm -hmm. um, and again, the, the funny thing is I was with Ibby that day and for about an hour we was talking and we were just talking about trading mindset psychology. And I said to him, I want to show you something. And luckily I had my laptop. So I opened the trade recaps and everything that was highlighted, which like if he says, I'll go through one of your trade recaps, for example, and I'll label it like technical tweaks and mindset tweaks. So anything that's technical, I'll write in the technical bit. Anything that's mindset, I've seen the mindset. And the most important things I'll highlight. And every now and then I'll just go back to them. So say, for example, if I'm going through a point in my journey where it's like, okay, I've received a lesson from the market this week. Has Mark answered this question before? Which is something that I got from you previously where you said people just ask questions for the sake of it. So I thought, okay. So I'd go back to the trade recaps that I'd done and lo and behold, every single highlighted piece that I'd had is more relevant than ever. And that day I was sat with Ibi and again, he, he like, we were just sat there looking at each other like, this is just unbelievable. Everything we've spoke about, funnily enough, Mark has already said here. And again, as I mentioned, that's one of the not only best mindset tweaks, that is where I made the most technical progression ever. I spent about six months just relentlessly going through the trade recaps. Again, because why would I need to do anything else when there's a seven figures mm. journal there? You said something really important that would have gone right over people's heads earlier. So commitment, no doubt, can't question it, right? You're committed, you do all the right work, you do a lot of things. And there's a lot of traders out there that are just as committed or maybe a little bit less, but they're, they're driven, right? They're, they're doing the work. They're not just like casual in their approach. There's thousands of traders doing that. But what separates the difference? Earlier, you said that without sounding cliche, you visualized it, right? The art of manifestation is not that you want something, it's that you believe that you already have it, right? When I was speaking about in the side effect earlier on, when I didn't have things, I would visualize, like I generally felt like I already had it. Like it was already there. It wasn't like 
people get this very confused. They think that setting goals and manifestations, like, I'm going to manifest this. I really want this. It's like, well, it's not going to happen. Like, you have to make it from an energetic point of view. You genuinely feel like you already have it and you're just going to collect it at a later stage. So for you, going things like when we've done the recession workshop, you obviously took on board things like the golden number. I'm curious because I personally saw a shift in the community once we'd done that is that it was so simple. Like this was a very normal, logical thing. But I remember saying, I was speaking to Abdu, speaking to Ibi. I like, I wonder how many students know their numbers. And we were just having that conversation. I was thinking, I've got an inkling no one does. And not from a position of malice or they're, they're not serious. It's just these subtle things that you sometimes just don't think to do. Mm. So I was just going through like old notes. You know, I've been doing this for a long period of time. And I realized, I bet you this will give people more clarity than any technical tweak, just by knowing the number. Because I'm sure for yourself, when you realize that number, how did that make you feel R rather than just thinking about, I need to trade a lot of money to quit my job? Like you actually know yeah. the amount now. Mm -hmm. So it's it's two things. One, it gives you something tangible to actually move towards. So it then makes it easier to visualize it. So there's no how can you visualize without having something to actually visualize? So what do you do? Do you just sit there and visualize, well, I'm going to be a successful trader? Or do you visualize, like you say, you've got the nitty gritty details of, Say, for example, whether it's one account you're trading or two accounts. So I'd say the majority of people, especially younger traders like myself, mm -hmm. 100,000 is more than enough to go full time. And when you look at, for example, the Falcon Fund, so that's 17% away. So then it gives, yes. you, it gives you something tangible to actually focus on. So it does two things. You can, one, visualize and see it and feel it. So then once you get it, like fortunately I have done, um, it then doesn't feel like overwhelming, so you can stay focused and stay the course. But it also those days where maybe you are feeling a little bit like, mm, and tying into having a why, my why is so much clearer because I know that, say for example, six figures is only 17% away. And then after that, it'd be like 200K, which is only then 24% away or 27% away, yeah, whatever it is. So, yeah, it's so, so, so close. Exactly. So, that, so that's the point of, it gives you something tangible to actually move towards. And like I say, those days where maybe, because everyone has those days where you may be feeling a little bit lower in the flow zone or, or whatever, you're not feeling the same energy. Well, then you've got it written on a whiteboard, or I hope you would do. I remember you said that in NFX Live. Yeah. You said that you're almost doing yourself an injustice if you don't have your golden number stuck on your desk. You need and to I, know it. And I know that you you did that way before you had on your whiteboard the, the figure that you wanted to be trading. Yeah. So I, I adopted that as well. And it's like those days where maybe you are feeling a little bit low energy. I know I'm only 17% away from being able to go full-time, which, like I say, 100,000 for most people, and definitely 200,000 for most people, which is only 27% away, that'd be more than enough to go full-time, so it, it gives you something tangible to achieve. 100%, and I, and I mentioned something in FX Live today, and I was speaking to, so I'll tell you about this, Ibi, I was speaking to this uh, with Abdu uh, recently, which is about, if you look at the my forex fund stats you know we've gone over this multiple times and you see how diabolical they are and people that get in record payouts they'll just lose their account so we know statistically people are just not wired in the right way to do that when we look at the caliber of traders like tom like yourself and successful people in the community if you get a 30k payout or 20k or whatever the number is i know within a high degree you won't be part of that statistic that, that's, a, that's a compliment to you and to the people in Falcon. I think sometimes they forget that. So <laughs> when I hear those stories, I'm sure you'd think the same. Like if you was to pick out traders that you coach, that you've spoken to, if they was to get a 40K withdrawal, you already know by default they wouldn't be the type of person to just say, hey, Abby, I know you've been coaching me. You know, I got a 40K withdrawal and now I blew my account a month. Like that just wouldn't happen. Not I'm not saying it's impossible, but the likely the likelihood of that happening is so, so small. <laughs> so, you know, Big shout out to everyone in the community, really, for the, the caliber of traders that have come through and taken time and work. I know you've only been doing it a couple of years, but 
I mean, time is not really something people should... Duration is not always a good metric mm -hmm. because people can do things for a long time and achieve nothing because they don't listen well. They can be doing it five years and not listen well. That's why you usually see the trader that when they make the shift, let's say someone's been trading four years and in that last year they make all of the progression, you usually find they've only really been dialed in for about a year and they'll be able to pinpoint the shift of like, that's when I got serious and the first three years I was just messing around. Yeah, to add on to that as well, because that's a very good point. Today, this morning, uh, I was going through four traders' journals to assess their performance, uh, all of which, by the way, thought that they were on their last thread, basically, right? And they've been trading about three or four years. Now, that's always very ironic to me, somebody who's been in an environment like Falcons for that long and has still not seen, not, not that they've not seen up periods, obviously everyone has the up and down periods, but they're not where they desire to be yet. Or in their mind, they're not close to where they need to be yet, which is really interesting to me. So I did an experiment where... I dived into every single one of their journals for four people, or five actually, if I remember correctly. And uh, funnily enough, every single one of these four or five people had, this is all of Q1's trades uh, in, uh, from January, February, uh, March, and also going into April and May this month. All right, I'm not counted this month, so let's just call it from January till, till, till April. On average of these five people, 78 to 84% of trades should not have been taken out of all the trades taken. It's madness. And then on top of that, missed positions that I assessed from each one of them uh, to see what their quality was like. All of these missed positions, barring one or two for each person, should have been taken. That would have equated to a difference of uh, an ended result total so far from Jan to April of between minus one and minus three percent rolling floating profit to guess what? Plus 50 to 60 percent. Yeah, no doubt. And it is so simple and it was so black and white. And when I've highlighted the criteria, you'll find that the common denominator is either a under or misutilization of timeframes, uh, incorrect positioning in certain areas, or mixing up the ratios with risk compositions. Like it's such a simple black and white criteria that you could teach that to an alien and they would get it. Now, the only final missing piece of the puzzle is, do they listen? And if they listen, they'll do well. But that's the difference what I'm saying is between either letting go of an account or getting to a point where you could have scaled your account, not once, not twice, but probably even to like high six figures. 100%. In the span of five months almost, four or five months. That's insane. There's, there's, there's many people, and you've probably noticed it as well, recently, a lot of people that were in Falcon, I'm talking like 2017, 2018, that have done this vicious dance, and now they're back with their tail between their legs. And there's a reason for that. It's mm -hmm. because they always thought that, they, it's a common pattern, I see it, right? There's these external things that distract them, all of this different noise. They didn't focus on the psychology, they just didn't listen well. Like they're not bad people, but they've realized themselves and like they sent long messages and I, and I respect them for it because there's, there's an element of humility like, you know what, I'll be honest, I didn't pay attention. So at least I can respect the fact that they're honest with themselves. Forget about me, they're honest with themselves that they know what they need to do now to progress. Mm -hmm. But it's a common thing. Like you have everything in front of you, mm. it's just how you utilize it. All of these things are, are psychological. We're in the process of creating Rewire 2.0. I'm heading out to Canada in about five weeks. Nice. Right, so we're going to do a meetup in Vancouver as well. Nice. So Mr. International, <laughs> we're competing with Abdu, so he's always over to New York. But it's going to be fun. We, we've mapped it out. Myself, Abdu and Ibi, we've spent a lot of time on... T I'm, you've loved 2.0, yeah. especially from the funding psychology point of view. Me, Ibi and Abdu have just jumped on so many calls and dissecting things that we've seen that I personally believe that the industry have just not considered. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone out there who is a funded trader, blowing accounts, blowing assessments, 
they need it. They need 1.0, but like they definitely need 2.0. Okay. But that's going to be crucial. How have you utilized Rewired? Because some people, again, it's resources are, are resources. There's always great things out there. Mm -hmm. How someone uses it is the crucial key. How are you using it on like a practical sense? So I think the thing with Rewired, because there is so much in there, people can make the mistake of trying to use probably everything at once. So similar to your, obviously you've always instilled into us that you can't build like seven income streams at once. So master trading and move on. So there's so many things in there that can be used. I think the problem is, I don't doubt that people go through it. I just don't think they go through it systematically. So they probably try and use the window of opportunity and then they probably try and use the um, the affirmations and then they probably try and rewire their self-image at the same time and they probably try and figure out the why at the same time. So you can tell that everything's layered in a way. So there's no surprise that the first module is the why because all through rewired, you then link it back to the why. So people probably, because if you ask someone in Falcon, what's the most effective module from Rewired, you'll probably get two answers. It'll either be the self-image module, which is module five, mm -hmm. or it'll be um, the flow zone, for example. Mm -hmm. But then people will jump straight to the self-image before figuring out the why. When you tell them you need to get your why down first, but because they hear everyone else, again, not listening to the coaches and listening to other people in the community, which is great, and that's the power of community, but they get dragged here, there, and everywhere. So I'd say the way I used Rewired is I used it module per module at a time. So I got my why down first, which everyone will, most people have an idea of anyway. And then I picked one specific thing that I wanted to build in as part of my daily routine, which for myself was the window of opportunity. So that being the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of every day, when you're in that alpha brainwave state, you're more kind of uh, Tom, malleable don't, in that don't the course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point of like, so I, I picked one powerful thing um, to kind of, pick and instill into my daily routine and it's just completely changed my life which is pretty crazy to say that 15 minutes at the Sounds start of the simple, day isn't it? It, exactly that's the point um so for people i would say they need to pick one get the why sorted because you keep coming back to the why through rewired so why are they doing what they're doing mm -hmm. and then pick one thing at a time to go through because we know that self-image is so important but people try to jump to the self-image before they've got the basic kind of foundations down yeah, that's it. That's a good point. That's a really good point that how you've used it from like module by module and you've applied it practically as well. Is there been any moments in your trading where you've been able to see, this is a common feedback I get, is that it's not always obvious. It'll be like maybe like four months down the line, something will happen and it might be a situation where they usually could predict they would normally FOMO into a position out of emotion, mm -hmm. but they've got the self-awareness now to go, I'm about to repeat that mistake again. Mm -hmm. And it's just that conscious thought that stops them getting involved in a crappy trade that then leads to the next crappy trade and so on and so on. And it stops them going down this downward spiral, mm -hmm. which could be the difference of actually waiting for the higher quality positions, the lower risk positions. And then they just go on a sequence of wins. Mm -hmm. And I'm right, tell me what's changed. Like, do you know anything more technically? Mm -hmm. Like, no. Right, so what's changed then? Like, I'm just aware of my emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, That's the key then, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So let's approach that from two ways. So... Definitely in trading, it's, it's massively effective. It's that, it's that error thought, which is crazy because you talk about the error thought in Rewired as more so daily life, and then it, it kind of transitions into trading. So it'd be that error thought of, well, I know that this isn't part of my plan. I know that I probably should wait for that wick to fill, or I know that I should wait for the break below that low. I'm just giving examples here. But then they will still jump in anyway out of that FOMO, and it's when that error thought comes in of, well, I know that I've taken for example, 20 losses here before when I know that I shouldn't do. And it's not about always trying to avoid the loss. I'm talking about when you know that statistically you shouldn't be in the exactly, position. Yeah. But it's still that, and we maybe spoke about this recently, kind of the fear of guilt of not being in the position. So they're scared of seeing the position go 
and then thinking about the missed potential. A lot of the time, the missed potential hurts more than just the minus one. So in terms of trading, it's that error thought in the moment of when, okay, I'm maybe about to take a trade or about to look at a trade that I shouldn't entertain and I know I should disregard it. Let me go back through my process. Let me have a relook at my trading plan. So it's just about kind of slowing things down in the moment. One of the biggest things I got from Rewired, it just gives you a sense of being more present. So it's like, and I know you mentioned this in a story recently as well, when you was in London for the end of year and you was eyeing up silver and you said you just have like a moment of bliss where everything just goes quiet yeah. and it's just like you and you versus, well not you versus the charts, you with the charts. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably what it is. It's just, it gives you that sense of comfort in the moment where it's just you with your thoughts and because of Rewired, your thoughts are now much clearer than before. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, they're probably with the thoughts, but they're just with the wrong ones. Yeah. So their, their thoughts are dictating the trade what makes us take a trade we know that everything starts with a thought so you're only going to take a trade because you're thinking that it's a trade you should get involved in are you happy now and confident that you could trade seven figures using these processes 100 percent, most definitely there's no doubt about that even even with other traders in the community so that obviously you know like my closest friend is in the community mm -hmm. he sent me a trade earlier that i was like so happy with and so proud of that there was a trade um, on aussie dollar and i know for a fact most people would have just set a limit order even though we um, set a market entry sorry rather than setting a stop order mm -hmm. even though we know you've told us many times just set your entry a few wicks a few pips below the body for example mm -hmm. and he sent it me and there was a volatility wick and it would have spiked him out for one percent and i know for a fact that even for him it would have been that second just to have a look at things and say well i'm just going to wait that extra little bit and it's not again about saving yourself from losses but it's just the amount of times that you would just sit there and be present that I now know and I now know that many traders in the community could trade much more scale because it's that decision making because it's like a uh, almost a compound effect you get involved in a trade that you know you shouldn't be involved in and that's not kind of the only consequence it's like the second and third order consequence where you're then chasing another trade and then you're taking a barrel of losses that's exactly what it is so that lack of discipline in the moment will then lead you to FOMO into another trade then miss another trade that might drop for four or five percent. So just that one little kind of uh, distinction in the moment of I'm going to wait could then save you from all of that after. So I, I definitely do feel much more positioned to trade bigger figures. Yeah, nice. And so the, the root virtue of all of this is what? Self-control, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Self-control and restraint, that is literally the name of the game. If you think about everything that people do that ends up destroying them mentally, emotionally or physically or financially in any way, shape or form, mm -hmm. they give into their pleasures. That is literally it. Right, and they over abuse that. Whatever that might be, I don't know. You see a chocolate bar that you see, and you say, oh, "No one's watching me today, so I'll have it." That that same mindset can translate into something else, especially when you're in a game like this, where it's a high performance skill set, where you've got to be mentally on point all the time, consistently throughout, until it becomes a normality. Right? Mm -hmm. Like people think, "Oh, that's that's too much for me. What if I get burnt out?" You won't get burnt out if you make it a normality. That's the difference, right? But because people don't see it as a normality and they reward discipline too much. They think, oh yeah, I've done all my daily goals this week. I deserve something for it. Because they feel so entitled to these things, they, they're stemming themselves out and away from that normality bracket. Mm. And so consistently they'll find over a period of time they get burnt out. Anything that, like what you mentioned, whether it's getting into a trade that you shouldn't have or staying out of a trade that you should have been in in the first place, all these things boil down to self-control and restraint. And that does translate. So how's that translated for you in, in outside life as well? I'm glad you asked that question because I wanted to touch on that. So obviously you know that recently, had um obviously had surgery on my leg yeah. and again the, the same thing i'm talking about everyone was kind of like oh well like I, oh, I feel so sorry for you and like i hope you recover well but almost in kind of like a modicod like modicod type of way 
Whereas the first thing he said to me, and obviously he's been through through wide many times, was, oh, you'll be back 10 times stronger. And I just sat there in that moment, and I know it's a little thing, but I was like, everyone else, from a position of caring, they're not doing it from a negative point of view, but again, they don't know any different because they're obviously not, not very conscious to it. And they're all like, oh, well, I feel so sorry for you. That. You must be in so much pain and blah, blah, blah. Which even as a, like a high-performance person, you could kind of get sucked into that. And the first message he sent me when, when, he, like, obviously when he found out was, oh, you'll be back 10 times stronger. So again, how does that come into your life when you, everyone around you is, is different? Yeah. Um, Darius on the podcast yeah. said that his mum now has a challenge where she has to speak positively when she's around him. I see it in um, my family. I see it in like, I see my, my close friend's family where I'll now tell my mum every day, you know I'm going to retire you, don't you? And if I say to my mum now, and this is how if I say to her, mum, and she'll say what? And if I say what and leave a pause, she'll say you're going to retire me. So I'm now like, I see it in everything. Mm. I see it in, like, I genuinely believe I'm a millionaire. Like I say, the conversation that me and my friend have, who's my friend way before trading, we don't talk about the common things that everyone talks about. It's always like, it's almost like we know we're millionaires, it's just time catching up and that time's catching up very fast. And it, it's those conversations where, like I say, they may seem like very insignificant things, but it's only when you sit there and reflect that everyone else is kind of giving you a bit of like sorrow and they're just future well you'll be back 10 times stronger or like say when you're having a conversation with your mum and she may say something that's kind of a bit negative and I'll say to her mum don't say that and she oh yeah you're right and then she'll say something different so when you see it start to impact your family that's when it's a whole different kind of feeling and, and the good thing is as well about your circle right that you don't cradle each other when something goes wrong as mm. you said right you're going to come back 10 times stronger how many people for the people watching that you're around people that when things get tough that they do those exact things that you mentioned you know oh, it must be hard to go through that You've heard it many times as well. People like, oh, you should talk about your losses as if it's like some therapy session or something. Like we shouldn't make it that way. Mm -hmm. Trading, people have to accept it is very abrupt. You just have to be an abrupt individual because the markets are abrupt and they get to the problem straight away. They don't, they don't cradle you. They don't say anything, oh, this person must have a story. You're just an order number on the screen. That's all you are. Mm -hmm. That is as objective and harsh as it is. And if you can't replicate that same behavior, not to become a vicious person, that's, there's a big distinguishment between the two. But if you can't replicate that same behavior or that same framework of mind, then it's going to be very near to impossible for you to succeed, no matter how good of a job me, Mark, or Abdul, or any mentor or coach does for that matter. Like we could give you everything, but our job is just to set the boat off and sail it in the right direction because direction matters, right? And you're just supposed to sail it, but it's the sailing part that people get confused on, mm -hmm. right? If you imagine like an, an island here and a boat here, for example, right? Here come the analogies now. You ready? Go for it. <laughs> I've been waiting. Where's, so, the, where's the bamboo? <laughs> there's, 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 I've got many lined up, but this one's very important because you've got an island here, yeah? and you've got a boat here, and it's sailing. If, if the island's hypothetically north, and you sail west, it doesn't matter how far you sail that direc direction, you're never going to get to this island. Imagine this island is symbolic of your goals, right, where you want to be. But if you, say for example, you're sailing in the right direction of the island, and you're going slow, you're still going to get there, aren't you, compared to the person who's going west or the wrong direction. If you stop, you're never going to get there. So the answer is just sail. And that's the, f I know it sounds so simple, but that's what people forget where, like I said before, you give them the protocol, you give them the outline, they've got the educational structure. And I genuinely believe, I will, I will bet my entire trading future on this, that any Falcon student has the same level of, of opportunity and it is literally impossible for you not to succeed here. And I'm not, I, I, I bet anything on that. If you do things the right way and you just listen. Like everybody has got exactly what it takes to become a seven, eight figure trader and onwards. And they've also got a network to tap into, exactly. right? Seven figure club, which we'll dive into. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd actually genuinely be foolish to stop sailing your boat. I don't understand and I can't fathom that mentality. You know, the funny thing is you say on that kind of boat analogy, you can take so much of that into trading in terms of, but they can't predict what conditions are gonna come in. 
So that comes into the experience, which you always say. Like even myself, I'm still yet to experience things in the market that your 15 years of experience... The momentum you, recently, for example. Exactly. That's the point. So in terms of that like sailing analogy, it's not as simple as just pointing it north and saying go. Because then what happens when it's a stormy season? Yeah. And then what happens when it goes to calm and you haven't re readjusted? So you could have made much more progress in that calm season, but because you're still stuck into the fear of the storm that's just come, you're not then putting your foot to the gas. You've always said you need to strike when it's hot. So there's so many lessons you can take from that that, again, just experience. And even myself, I've got to a certain level, but I understand that with experience, and fortunately for Rewired, when I say setbacks, I don't mean setbacks that will put me down as a person. I mean, there'll be points in my trading journey where, again, it needs to be, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. But I understand that. And that's the point of, I know my direction. I've obviously got a lot closer to the to the destination, but I understand that there'll be things along the way that I can't kind of predict, and we, nor should we have to. So it's, it's important that you said that because... Like I say, with the sailing analogy, there's so many conditions similar to the market that you can't predict ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Direction's more important than speed. It always is, mm -hmm. and speed is normally the thing that people want. Mm -hmm. so that's why the direction is so far off. Mm -hmm. But if you was just clear and right, I'm on the right path. I know what I need to do. Show up every single day, and it will happen for me. But the thing is, it's never going to happen when you want it to happen. Yeah. And that's the battle in your mind that you have to do every single day. Like I was speaking to, I've spoken to you, Ibi, about this so many times. I was speaking to Abdul about it recently, which is. People don't understand or can possibly fathom how much me, Abdu, and Ibi care about your success and want you to do well to the point that it will it will frustrate it will frustrate us if we hear someone who has you know got to the next stage and suddenly just taking five trades in a day. Like we know that five trades don't exist. Where did you get them from? Yeah. But they'll go through something like that. They might think that well that just hurts me. Not necessarily because you're damaging the reputation. All of the work that we put in then becomes pointless. So that will bother us. But to a point from a caring point of view, we can't want your success more than you want your success. Mm. That that's, that's impossible. And we find ourselves in that scenario a lot of the times. But you find the common, I'm a big believer in success leaves clues. Everything that you're saying is similar things that someone like Thanos, right? Incredible attitude, you know Thanos really well. Of course, yeah. Similar mindset, will take modules in Rewired, apply it, do it well. Like you start to see commonalities. Every single one of you are different in terms of personality, your why and things that you want to achieve, yet you can all come to a common ground. <laughs> Maybe it's probably a good idea for me to not take things personally. If I said that to you and Thanos, for example, you'd go, yeah, makes sense, I'm not gonna take it personally. Like you just find a commonality in people that do well, listen well, take feedback and criticism on well, and they won't, just stray away and then you get people that take things very emotionally when you give them feedback or yeah. I do or Abdu gives them feedback and that's the key they need to dive into why am I taking it personally maybe there's something in my mind that I've not wired in a way mm. that is effective because you went back to error thought earlier like think about how you could use it in day-to-day -day life say for example you got up and you looked in the mirror and you was like you looked at yourself and for whatever reason you had a thought of oh, I'm ugly error thought is that a useful thought to you right now no and it's like the side of your brain that people don't use enough. But mm. people come across circumstances like that 25 times a day and wonder why they've not succeeded. Yeah. You know, the important thing you said there, and we, when you touched on the trust earlier, I wanted to mention this, but obviously we, we kind of came off it, and luckily you went back to it, that I think an important thing to mention on the trust is that especially someone like myself, and I'm looking at this from kind of a, uh, looking in the mirror at myself, I'm a young person, young trader, obviously cleared out of the same life experience as yourself. So building that trust with yourself. Some people maybe want to do it all on their own, but then my thing to them is, why not just trust the people that are here? And the reason that I say that is there's so many things that obviously with yourself being humble and, and it's an amazing trait that you wouldn't probably mention to people that like you've spoke about in the community, maybe in passing, that if, unless people have connected to it, they wouldn't sit there and think. 
I remember once, I think it was like the end of 2021 or maybe 2022, you said you had a, a, a vacation to the Maldives planned. Yes. And you c- and you cancelled it, yeah. And you cancelled it because you wanted to do the webinars for the community and the, and the Wi-Fi connection wouldn't be good enough. So then my question is, that caring that you've just spoke about, even if at that time, say for example, I couldn't trust myself, which fortunately I could because of the daily goals, but I'm speaking for someone who's maybe struggling with this at the moment, who is struggling to trust themselves. You've got someone here who... Oh yeah, like sorry, Roxanne. I know we've been together for six, seven years, and I know we've done pretty well this year. But there's some students in South Africa, and there's some students in Manchester who need me, so we're not going on the, to the Maldives vacation. So, in the point at that point of caring, again, because maybe I look at things so plainly, and the point is people need to do this. There's your trust right there. Another thing you said um, a while ago, which I'll be honest, at the time, like it kind of sat there and hit me and made me a bit emotional. I remember you said, and in terms of what it takes to make this happen. And obviously, I know you've spoke about on the channel before the situation with your dad, for example. Mm-hmm. There may have been a tough day with your dad and you will just come on a webinar or there may be in between a webinar that people won't know about. I remember a time there was a funding webinar. You said to us, and you even apologised, this is the level of caring. So the, the point I'm trying to make here so people understand is if you can't trust yourself, trust this. It was a funding webinar and you apologised. You said, oh, I'm only going to be staying for an hour. My dad's in hospital at the moment. And it's like, can you, under- can you even understand the level of caring and respect that again financially successful successful in many areas of your life you don't financially benefit from us in the same way we do from you but I'm not going to go right now with my parent even though I, I probably anyone else would because I care so that trust scenario it just seems so simple for me that there's so many scenarios here where I can see the level of trust that you've got and what it takes to be successful that again you may have had a, a difficult day with your dad. You'll come on a webinar or you may have had a difficult day and you'll be managing a trade. I know, a f- I know you mentioned it was a few years ago when you was on your way up to um, levelling up capital. You had a significantly large month when the whole month your dad was in the hospital. Yeah, I was, I was by the bedside, yeah. And you literally made it happen. So again, if I, if, and I'm saying if I, as if I'm talking to another trader, someone who may be struggling at the moment of with that trust scenario of yourself, just trust what you've got here because you can see it and you can see a financially successful man who like I say, doesn't benefit in the same financial way, but he will come on a webinar and apologize. I also remember there was an FX Live where I think your dad unfortunately had a, um, an accident that day again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this and then rush straight off. And, I, and afterwards I sit there and I think, again, that trust, even if I don't trust myself at the moment, it's almost like people can't drop their ego to put their trust in someone else until they can see it to believe it. So if I can't see it for myself at the moment, I can see it in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I can see, for example, like, like yourself, a 23-year-old trader who's making a significantly large amount of money. Why would he not be somewhere traveling at the moment? Why would he be sat here on a podcast? Why would he be going through four traders' journals this morning when he's made enough money to go and travel? I think some people can't fathom their head around that. And we get a lot of people that will, like, just to clarify on that point, which I appreciate that as well, is it's understanding the logical side of it. If a situation happens and it's a good life skill, if I've done what I can do in that current moment that needs attention and for the next four hours I can't do anything and nothing can change, you have to be able to switch that emotion off to go, but that doesn't change the fact that I can still deliver a webinar, for example. That's a hard skill to learn and not not always tell people about it, right? That's a difficult part of your mind that everybody needs to cultivate because, I mean, nothing's going to hit you harder than situations that happen in your life that are unpredictable and you just need to be able to perform under pressure. That's all it is. Mm. Because if you don't build that part of you, you become very, very fragile. So there's a reason why myself, Ibi Abdu, are always talking about these things because we've gone through hardship and we know it's absolutely necessary to be able to sustain it because who knows? In five years, something might happen and you're not ready for it. 
So you can't be the type of person that just is only good in the tough times. That's why when we talk about the technical squeezes in the market. You need to be the type of trader that can perform when it's good, when it's bad, when it's squeezing, when you're in drawdown. You've got to be the type of trader that can just weather the storm a little bit more. But there's something really, really, really crucial that you um, that you reminded me of. And it's the fact that people will often say things like, right, well, if you're such a good trader, like you mentioned about, it'd be right, you could be traveling around and doing these things. If you're such a good trader, if I was me, it was this, if I was me, I wouldn't be doing that. I would be just off in the Maldives. Why would I want to waste my time doing this? So what they do is that they have an opinion based off of their level of consciousness right now. They can't see themselves doing it because they visualize in their head, if I was making like a few mil a year, why would I waste my time teaching someone? In their head, they have that thought and they can't fathom anything further than themselves, not realizing that they're operating from a point of probably fear. They're not successful yet because no one who is successful thinks like that. But once you get to a point that you tick off the things that you want to do, I mean, I was having a conversation with Roxanne about this literally two days ago. We were talking about this like coffee station that we're going to put, right? And it's just a coffee machine. I was watching like these videos of them like tampering the coffee and like doing everything. You know those videos get like a few mil views. And I thought, let's create a little coffee station here. Like I could go out to the Lamborghini dealership and get excited about that. But once you do a certain amount of things, that becomes boring. It becomes mundane. And I was more interested in that. And then we just looked at each other and kind of laughed and thought, I'm so grateful that I'm not influenced by too many superficial things that I'm not saying, look, if you're car enthusiast, fine. But it's not always the answer. And you'll realize that if you're just operating on a day-to-day -day basis where you know there's impact, there's change, you're doing good for the world. Like at what point, imagine you take off all these cars, you're sitting there with 27 cars, then what? Like everything becomes normalized, like absolutely everything. Mm. So that's really the answer. Like I know that's why Ibi does it, and that's why I do it, and that's why Abdu does it. Like we generally want to see people do well. Mm -hmm. When we see yourself do well, right? We, it's amazing to see it because we know Tom has gone through this and he's listened well. He came in not knowing anything about Falcon and he's just utilized it. And now he's quit his job, it's full time. Uh, you spoke about retiring your mum. Like I remember you saying it for the first time and you're getting closer and closer and step by step. And I really hope people listen to the parts of the podcast, which is your, your attitude towards learning, your attitude towards growth. Because if they can take that, I mean, they're 75% of the way there. They've just got time to catch up. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And like you say, it also comes from that point of, like you said in Rewired about Warren Buffett. I always could. It's like that mindset of even even before the the kind of consistency and then the withdrawal started to come into trading. It's like that mindset of I always could. Like I said, the conversation with with some of my close friend. It's like we have the conversations where it's already happening. Dubai, like it's already happening. We're already there. It's just like oh, like I sent him, um, and again, I know we're laughing because we spoke about cars then, and this is going to completely go against it. But even the little things of. For example, renting out supercars where we're in Dubai. Because mm -hmm. like we'll both be 21 at the time, we'll be able to do it. And I sent him like a link to a to a car rental place the other day. And again, it's like you say, those little things. It's not about, for example, going and buying the, the Lamborghini or the Ferrari, but just kind of uh, understanding the stages of growth, like being able to put myself in that position of, I always could, so I'll be in Dubai at the end of the year in a Lambo with yourselves, like celebrating the success. So it's like say, I even watched, um, watched a HBO interview with Warren Buffett, which I sent yourself some clips for. And Warren Buffett used to say to his wife, Oh, like, well, I know I'm going to make a lot of money. And it, it's funny because you, you mentioned something a minute ago about the coffee machine excites you more than Lamborghini. I believe that probably comes from a place of self-confidence where you, you kind of know that your wealth isn't going anywhere because you know it's your mind that generated the wealth. Exactly. So the people that probably rush to get the Lamborghini, it's because like they, they probably don't believe they're going to keep it. So it's like, well, I've got to get it now because what if I don't have it in 10 years? Where, no, I have where to show else? people right now. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas you know that your own mind 
no matter what happens in five years, 10 years. We're building the biggest fund in this, in e this space. Exactly, like, exactly. That's the goal. That's the primary goal. I can celebrate other things after. Mm -hmm. Like These things are, are fine. Just day-to-day -day operation of things that we need to do. That's more important. Dubai at the end of the year. Um, talk to us about that. How excited are you for Dubai? When I first mentioned it at the beginning of the year, I know you're pumped for it as well. Um, you going business class, first class? Have you, been, have you been business before? So, funnily enough, like I say, the same thing, I was having a conversation and we were saying, like, hypothetically, mm. we're, we're trading like six figures, buy Dubai. Obviously, not attached to it, but buy Dubai, if I perform the way I should perform, I should be at cl very close, if not at seven figures, buy Dubai. Um, and again, like, that's no, no ego, no attachment. I'm just looking statistically how I should course, perform. Yeah. I, sh I should be touching seven figures, by Dubai. So, we've never really experienced that type of environment before so i'll be looking to go business class i mean I'd, I'd like to ask you that question would you advise say a trader who's obviously clearly not too early in the journey but maybe at the level where they're at multi six figures close to seven figures would you advise them getting business class to oh 100 110 percent, because there's a certain feeling i'm sure you've experienced it it'd be when you've ticked off other goals it's like you can't compound your way to the top forever like no one that became successful became successful at private jet money and then went I only went on a private jet once I was a multimillionaire and I never went business class on the way up. I know that, that doesn't happen. It's because there's certain elements of you actually feeling like you deserve it, feeling worthy, feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I think that's a powerful thought to have. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, which is saying to yourself on a subconscious level, everything I do is intentional and this is not a mistake. This is deliberate. This is on purpose, not by accident. So sometimes you need a little stepping stone because once you do it, you've raised a certain standard in your head which is, right, I've gone business class and I want to do it not for any kind of vanity. You just want it because you want to be able to go to sleep. You know, <laughs> you, you, you want the life flat bed. You, you want the experience. There's nothing wrong with that. It's then after that, the way it will push you, so you have to do it calculated. Like someone who's got 5K in the bank probably wouldn't advise them to spend 5K on a flight. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like get your yeah. house in order first, take care of priorities. However, if you're trading even just 400K and you've had like a 30K withdrawal, 40K withdrawal, you can push yourself and, and spend three, 4K on a flight for you to reaffirm to yourself, this is all intentional. This is money I made from the markets and all I need to do is follow the process and that percentage will just be bigger amounts of money as my account scales. Yeah, and the other exciting thing of it as well is obviously celebrating with the people in the community that you've literally seen. Grow as it, well. Yeah, seen it change their life and seen it grow. and. and it's funny because you've been saying this, that there'll be times where we'll be sat somewhere, and this is before Dubai came into vision. Well, it was probably in your vision at the time, but obviously it had, before it had been mentioned in the community, um, obviously you said that there'll be times where you sat with someone that you may have been doing accountability calls with when you was pre-consistency, then as you got consistency. I mean, there's people like RC, for example, like she's on the webinars at 3 a.m. her time, like the, the Mohammed brothers, like their, their family are literally like first genera um, generation immigrants. Mm -hmm. And they're now, trading multiple six figures yeah. so being, being exactly and we know the stories of like 3 a.m on the computer doing shifts on the computer because yeah, they only that. had one yeah. so it's about being there with them and being at the aurora sky pool looking over and it's like not not almost we did it as like we're here but almost like the levels are being achieved and then moving forward to building the bigger fund virtual trading floor and so on so it's just exciting to actually be with those people oh, think, i'm so pumped. think about in five years let's call it mm -hmm the net worth that we'll have in our community. <laughs> 10 years even. It will be able to, 
influence so many things and that's the beauty of the network the right type of network yeah. because you know people are on the same mindset same philosophy there's trust built with there they're reliable as well you know you could just ring up someone in the us and you might have you know a good connection within the community you can go right i just fancy coming to texas i've got this business idea what do you think mm -hmm. and you know they're all trading multiple six figures they're all reliable they're not these like a wacky aggressive traders like here today gone tomorrow you know these are people that are regimented disciplined well structured building an empire like really doing great things mm -hmm. like, that is what i'm really excited about definitely as, as we wrap things up tom i'm really curious for you you know you've again congrats from me and ibi as well like you've smashed it you've done exactly what you need to do You've got to stay level-headed, stay grounded, which I don't doubt that for an absolute minute. But for yourself, is there any wise words, any bit of advice you could give an aspiring trader that's looking to get funded and maybe feeling a bit like the nerves and excitement because maybe they're blowing accounts or whatever it is, or someone in the community that is struggling to believe in themselves but has all the resources? Say everything we've been speaking about in this podcast, drop your ego, drop the arrogance, just listen. If there's anything that you can take from all of the Funded Trader podcasts, I mean, obviously, watch them all with notes. They all say the same thing. Just keep it simple. Look at what you've got in front of you. And obviously, before you go for the Funded Capital, make sure your mind is in the right place. So Rewired, I'd definitely advise for anyone. That was probably where I got um, blessed that I got it early in my journey. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say just keeping it simple is the, is the main thing and dropping your ego. Nice. Tom, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on the podcast. It's been a great moment to be able to, I can't wait to look back on this. When we're in Dubai, we'll look back on this little, you know, three-way conversation and there'll be other levels that you've tapped in, other levels that we've tapped in because we're always progressing as well. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're never the finished article of absolutely everything. But what we do is that as we advance, we knowledge transfer that across to, to you guys and girls in the community. Mm -hmm. I think that's the powerful thing. So just keep doing what you're doing. Definitely. Thanks to celebrate in Dubai. I appreciate you having me on, definitely. You're welcome. My pleasure.